Hi friends, welcome. I want to share a conversation with you that I just finished up with a guy named Francesco D'Alessio. He runs a YouTube channel called Keep Productive about, if you can believe it, keeping productive. We had a lovely conversation about keeping productive as well as utilizing apps as a creator to do such a task. He had a lot of interesting thoughts to share. I would encourage you to check out his channel if you are obsessed with productivity apps like I am. He also encouraged me to encourage you guys to feel free to email him, and I will uh, add all of these links below if you have any questions about how you can utilize these productivity apps to become more and more productive and start to build more healthy routines and habits for your life to succeed. Enjoy. Thank you for giving me some of your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing quite well. Um, it's been, uh, you, you got me up early this morning, early-ish this yeah. morning, and I have my water. I haven't had my breakfast yet, so I'm going to have a little fast before breakfast. You've given me that opportunity, so thank you for oh, that. It's good to on. fast sometimes, <laughs> you know. Um, Definitely. So, <laughs> so the reason why I wanted to have a conversation with you today is because I am, I am, pretty viciously obsessed with productivity apps. I enjoy using them at any given time. Like right now, I think I have four or five different calendar apps on my phone. I have the one that I use on my home screen, and then on the third page, there's a bunch of other ones that I just keep there, <laughs> and I'll just play with them from time to time and just see if there's things that I like about them. But also, I'll go into the app store, and I'll scroll through the top 100 uh, over and over and over and over again just to see if anything popped up. I'll do this you know, two times a day. Whenever nighttime comes, I'll sit down and just scroll through the apps. and Oh, oh that's interesting. Oh, I'll download that one. <laughs> oh, does that one have a subscription? Oh, okay, cool. And um, so it's... It's an obsession for me that I think is built on a desire for me to be more productive, manage the part of me that struggles uh, uh, more with staying on track with routines and habits. And I believe that as a creator, we should orient the non-creative, quote unquote, parts of our lives in a way that keeps us very much on track so that it will feed into the creative parts of our lives. So I'm, I'm curious because you seem to be somebody who is rather obsessed with productivity apps too. What <laughs> got you obsessed with productivity apps in the first place? That's a good question. Uh, I, I think um, obviously the, the thing you mentioned about having the calendar apps and continually checking with them, I think it's a really good concept. And um, the, the actual act of us creators organizing ourselves you know will save us massive amount of times and and you tend to notice it in the quality as well those who are organized can be a lot more focused on the the quality of the footage um so it, obviously it's great to be chatting with you um but yeah so uh, my sort of journey in productivity started uh weirdly when i was about 15 um i uh I, I, that's, that's quite early to start on productivity. It, it is. It, it's a weird origin story as Normally well. Normally <laughs> you hit 18 or 20, you hit the real world and you're like, oh, I have a part-time job and this is a nightmare. I need to figure <laughs> out how to get my life together. For, yeah. And a lot of times it is for people. But mm. um, I think, so I was about 15, I had failed a year in school and uh, my mom said, okay, you know, restart you know redo your year in school and i was like okay i'm not going to fail at this time because i'm going to choose new subjects uh but over the summer i went away and read uh, a classic book called getting things done by david allen uh which is like almost a bible for productivity app lovers out mm. there 
Um, I like and I downloaded. Going. It is a great one. <laughs> uh, I downloaded uh, Todoist. I think it, maybe it was Todoist at the time, um, and Evernote. And I just basically got myself organized with it. Todoist um, has been around for that long. It's been, yeah, it has been around for a fair while, almost 10 years, but wow. I think it might have been a year after that I got it. Um, my timeline's quite awful. Um, but it was a to-do list app at the time, and my sort of goal was it to get myself organized, and essentially from there, uh, I just was able to like help other people, and it was only maybe when I was like 18 that I was like, okay, this is a very niche thing. I should start a YouTube channel on this um, to help other people find the best productivity apps to match their needs. Um, so I started my own channel and uh, it sort of spiraled into what it is today. Gotcha. So what do you think was the value of starting on your productivity timeline that early in your life as opposed to a lot of people? Yeah, I mean, um, that's a good question. My sort of timeline's a bit weirder from other people because I, as my one of my jobs is to create productivity apps. Um, I am still pretty much using the same apps that I did when I first got into productivity, um, and I tried applying them into freelancing situations. So I tried to apply them to working situations. Um, but I think it's it's important to jump into productivity at any age. And that not it's not necessarily like an intense interest where you're constantly doing it, but an interest that allows you to keep checking in on yourself every three to four months. Like, okay, am I using the right apps that make myself productive? Am I using the right methodology? Um, you know, there's all different aspects of productivity, like food and health and you know well-being. So they're all important things to manage routinely. Mm, and what would you say to? to the idea of organizing some of the uh, the lesser than creative, well, let's think of how to construct that sentence. The, the parts of life that aren't directly creative, like washing the dishes, taking care of your diet, all of those things, how, how do those feed in, in your mind, to the creative process? Yeah, I think, obviously, um, th those are all things that we have to do. Uh, like we have to get them done because else it will just, our houses will end up awful. Um, but it's, I guess it's, I think it's important when you're going into productivity apps to build a foundation. So once you've got that foundation, uh, you know, doing the smaller stuff will become easier and maybe non-existent because they just become routine things you do. Mm. And the harder things will become easier because naturally time goes on and you progress. So yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, it's massively important to getting all that stuff out of the way because creators are busy people, creator creatives. Uh, they just love to express themselves and have that focused time. Mm -hmm. So making sure that everything's clear for them to do that is so important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, what would you say to a disorganized creator? What would be a good uh, couple of first steps to get them more focused in a way that actually leads them to their goals yeah definitely uh i mean creatives are the great thing they're very visual people um so the first thing i would say to them is look at a foundational uh bit of productivity that works for you uh, i know a lot of people like methods like the kanban method uh, a lot of creatives like these because you're actually visually organizing your tasks um or your projects and then look at methods like product Pomodoro method, because that's another method that can be effective for the short bursts of time that people work in. So mm. first thing is methods. The second thing 
is software. Um, and that's actually just listing off what you actually need to complete uh, a certain set of tasks. So for example, let's say you're a, uh, a, a small time uh, vlogger or maybe a small time uh, film creator and you want to start organizing yourself. Um, your criteria is, uh, you know, I want the app to be visual, I want it to be collaborative because I share things with other people and I need it to be growing with me as I, you know, move on to bigger things, uh, fingers crossed. Mm. <laughs> um, then obviously you're going to be channeling three types of features there and then it opens up to different apps like, you know, Trello, for example, and, you know, Asana, you know, Notion. So these are all things that, uh, you know, methods first and then once you've got the software, is determining your criteria really so that you can match the software to your needs. Yeah, yeah. So so do you think that everybody has vastly different needs in terms of the apps that they may uh, need to start to get things done in their life on a more cons on a more uh, fateful basis or do you think that it's pretty similar that we as humans like we need a, a checklist or we you know some people need a, a the kanban layout uh or some people just need a calendar can you get by with just a calendar things like that yeah, yeah so that's, that's a good question because uh if we look back maybe like 100 or 200 years ago nobody had this stuff so. correct yeah <laughs> so uh you know and now we have literally got you said it at the start, we've literally got thousands of apps. Like uh, I do the channel uh, and on the channel, we have barely got into detail on how many apps there are. And, and that is a niche community. So there's honestly thousands that you can go for days. So I think with the optionality you've got today, it's very important too. But what I typically recommend for people, and this is uh, normally what productivity experts, I don't call myself one, but those individuals um, say is to have a task manager, something where you can tally actionable items, a calendar application so you can see upcoming events and activities, mm. and a note taker so that you can tally down notes, ideas, and thoughts into one reference area. So they're the three apps that I would say, you know, if some people like to blend two of them into one app, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but there's really not been an app that does all three very well. So mm still coming <laughs> I would, future, right i would absolutely agree that there hasn't been an app that does all three well but what's interesting is i just started using agenda i'm sure you've probably heard of that oh, one right yeah. that's a that's a pretty rad app i just came across it i went from uh i went from bear as my note taking a project project organization and uh the, listing everything out i write out all the notes for these things for that, all the videos that I do. It's a fantastic app in that regard. Lots of key commands that I learned. Well, I switched over to Agenda. I'm still learning the new key commands, which has been a bit <laughs> hectic. Key commands are huge, by the way. I, th I think they're so incredibly important. But uh, so I switched over to Agenda because it's basically, in a lot of ways, bare, but with calendar integration. So you can make a note and then you can hit link to calendar event or you can uh that's a calendar event that already exists or you can create yeah. a new calendar event and link it to the note they're connect interconnected together and this has been fantastic because that can allow agenda to be my note taking uh project layout app while still being a simple to-do list if i need it to uh yeah. but 
like what to speak to your point, you can't quite get the level of immersion into using a calendar that would be really nice within agenda. But be, yeah. the way that it feels, the way that they designed it feels so cohesive with the calendar that it's easily it's easy to go back and forth between the two. And I think that's fantastic. I actually, for a long time, didn't use the calendar app. Everything I did was within a to-do list or yeah. some sort of project management to-do list type interface where I can actually tick things off. I'm just starting to screw around with just living my day on calendar events mm. more so yeah. and not feeling like I have to get that shot of dopamine from when I you know, <laughs> when I swipe left to complete the task. And uh, because I'm, I'm, I've been really interested in using, living my life on more of a time block basis, mm. right? So knowing where I need to be right now. And, uh, and so I just jumped back into the exciting world of using a calendar again, and it's been a lot of fun, but, uh, for you, what, what does your daily go abouts look like in that regard? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's a great point. Like the, the thing is with most people, most situations, the recipe and the ingredients are different every time. And that's what quite ma makes it quite exciting. Like you are, uh, clearly someone who is adapted to time blocking methods, which is a great solution for a lot of people, like actually being able to see, okay, or three hours on editing, four hours on recording, you know, mm -hmm. podcast with Francesco. Um, and some other people like different ways of doing it. So it's really great. And I think once somebody's found the way that works for them, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, the way that I do it, um, I tend to uh, have a weekly review. So every like th Wednesday or Thursday, of every week, um, I'll plan out my tasks for the week, uh, and I'll use Todoist for that. So I, I typically plan them chronologically, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which sometimes can go very well, and sometimes doesn't work so well, depending on if there's like an emergency event. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you can never sort of plan to perfection, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. and and I, it's close to perfection how it works for me. That is, um, so I'll have you know, between six or seven or eight tasks in there per day and I aim to get them done. They're all time stamped, so 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., you know, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, and well, then how I'll... important is time stamps, by the way? How important uh, is actually well... setting a time to what you're going to do as opposed to just having a list of things that you'd like to do and going into the ether of the day trying to accomplish those <laughs> things? Um, I mean, the, the timestamping thing isn't really that important. I would say the thing that's probably most important is the prioritization because mm. you could have like 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. that just all low priority tasks and you would never like you'd get them done. But then you'd be like, oh, you know, I haven't got my major task done. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I if I'm really uh, not feeling the chronological sign of stuff for that day, I will or I have a really need to do something, I'll, I'll click sort by prioritization mm -hmm. and then that sorts everything out. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it works for me. Like I find it is valuable. I know a lot of people, uh, a chap called uh, Mike Vardy, who uses your method, uh, the time blocking, um, day theming, and he doesn't use timestamps. Um, so it's really a recipe of my own, <laughs> mm -hmm. my own making. Um, but I find it works for me and maybe that'll change in three or four years time. <laughs> That's so interesting because I feel like it speaks to how we all have vastly different methods and how, at least for me, I have different methods 
every single month. My method is, is <laughs> constantly evolving. I'm trying new yeah. things, mostly just because I'll get bored with the other method and I'll start to try something <laughs> else to, to freshen things up and make things interesting. And I love apps that can, where you can theme to, to some extent. The, the visuality yeah. of that is very pleasing to me. I've always enjoyed uh, Clear, for example, uh, the to-do mm-hmm. list app for its, its co- insanely colorful nature and the minimalism of it feels quite nice. Um, so, so prior, okay. So prioritization, what would you say that a benefit of that is over using something like time blocking for you? Yeah. I mean, time blocking, you can adopt prioritization quite well in it because you know, you, you're naturally blocking a timeout, but Mm. Um, prioritization is just valuable because there's, there's a lot of books that say it's uh, an effective technique, like eat that frog by Brian Tracy, another really good one. Um, but I mean, the idea behind that is that if you do the hardest thing in the morning, if you eat a frog for breakfast, everything's uphill from there, right? Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Um, I'm still yet to really, uh, adopt that technique. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tough one. It is a tough one, but, um, you know, I think it, it's a bit of a two-way street as well because you have to consider your energy levels too. Um, like, for example, like I'm not someone who – I used to be someone who wakes up early and does the majority of my tasks in the morning. But I actually, I actually, my peak energy is like 11 o'clock. Hmm. So I normally get everything done before 11 a.m. Then I go to the gym because hmm. that works out for me. But um, oh, That's, you know, that's very clever. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm quite lucky because obviously being self-employed, I can do that (laughs) Mm -hmm. because some people can't do that in the workplace. But um, yeah, I think it's looking at your energy levels throughout the day and working out uh, and and actually taking advantage of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the dips don't have to be proper dips. They can be relaxation and then get back to it, Mm. if that makes sense. I think... (laughs) we neglect our energy levels. I I think it's really interesting that you brought that up because I plan my day to get the things done that I want to get done. And I try to be intentional about breaks and that sort of thing, but I don't think I put enough emphasis on making sure that I operate in the way that my mind and my body wants me to operate to stay at an optimum energy level. Uh, how have you how have you found other than going to the gym and, and laying out that sort of first block of your day how have you found good ways to manage your energy levels and not shoot yourself in the foot yeah that is a good question um i used to uh, when i was doing a placement like it's a university thing where you go away and work for a year uh i would get my energy levels were like really awful because i'd be like burning out more often than not, Mm. Um, you know, working till really late, waking up really early. And, you know, I learned my lesson from that. Um, And maybe it's, you know, getting married and and relaxing a bit more. Um, So 11am, I tend to do a workout. Uh, About this time, um, I might go on a walk. Um, So about two, I think I just went on a walk before you. That's why I'm a little bit sweaty, probably. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's, yeah, the, sweat, it's of, the sweat of, of life changing motive. Uh, it's the sweat of uh, g- making steps forward in life, both physically and mentally and spiritually. Yeah. That, uh, so don't try and write that on a postcard or anything. <laughs> I'm going to put all that on a postcard and send it to my family. 
that's lovely <laughs> but yeah I, I love the old walk in the afternoon because you know that resets me for the final bit of the day and then you know there's things that I do like uh, I'll just listen to some music for the last half an hour of my day so that when I get home I'm maybe not as wired to the laptop as I was mm. before so mm. that when I see my wife I'm like not like Ugh. but you know there are occasions when I'm still doing work then but they're rarer and rarer mm. so just a few. <laughs> mm-hmm. That um, I think that something I've been learning about myself recently is that there I have to get away from my desk mm. every day for uh, a good amount of time. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that ratio is. But for example, I do a lot of photography projects where I get to go out and wander around this beautiful landscape uh, around me here in Utah. And... I feel so good when I'm out and wandering around and problem solving on the fly. Like yesterday, I realized I had to make six photos very quickly, like like on that day, like six good solid product photos. And yeah. that, at least for me, is is pretty difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get six like that, right? But that doesn't mean that, that you can't rely on that. So yeah. everything got pretty intense starting in the morning when I looked back at the email and realized, oh, I need to take way more photos today than I thought I, I did. I kind of uh, <laughs> I kind of did not stay on the path of of gradual success when it came to this project. I kind of <laughs> let it all push up into the end. And yeah. uh, I don't luckily I don't end up in this position as much as I probably uh, used to when I was maybe 16 or so, right? I've really gotten good at managing these things, but I just let this one slide. And so I was like, all right, well, I gotta, I'm gonna figure it out, you know? But it was two things. It was completely horrifying when I saw the email and realized I need to make more photos <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also exhilarating and really exciting. I had, my, mm-hmm. I just stopped at Starbucks. I was sitting in the parking lot looking at the email. I had my tea. And I was, I was ready to go. I was ready to take photos. My energy levels were good. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to figure this out. I've never pulled this one off before quite like this, <laughs> but let's go. Yeah. And I went into this super present hyperdrive productivity mode where I started listing out the places I needed to go and the two photos I needed to get at each place and this sort of thing. And it was, it was exciting. It was fun. It was, it was challenging and scary, but it was also... It was also uh, fulfilling going through that yeah. process, coming out the other side, as opposed to having things be comfortable and calm. And I'm at my desk and everything's just kind of flowing. And yeah. uh, of course, there's value to that. But <laughs> I will be, I've learned that I'll become increasingly un, more unhappy when I stay in my comfort mm. zone too long. And yeah. uh, I don't know, how do you plan to get yourself? in an optimum place to stay happy? That's a big question. Sorry, I threw yeah. that on you. No, no, that, uh, I can relate to that. Like mm. um, a lot of the time when I know that I, uh, like they do say doing the same thing over again is the road to insanity. I can't, mm. I don't know who quote that. Uh, <laughs> <but> I, <did. laughs> I probably butchered the quote even. Um, but like, like you, like doing the same thing every single day um, is good for routine and discipline, but it can affect um you know where you take yourself out your comfort zone every day that could be really nice uh, and a good way of doing it so um i mean 
what I try and do is, uh, for me, I try and work in a lot of coffee shops um, versus like an office. Like I maybe spend 40% of my time at home uh, on the standing desk to actually do the bit of work. But yeah. the rest of the time, it's coffee shops. Cause, wow. Um, We're very ten... similar in that regard, except yeah. for it's more like uh, 60, 60 or 70% here and 30% in coffee shops. But I've learned that changing <laughs> your surrounding, surroundings is incredibly important. Definitely. And and you, I don't know whether you're like me, like when you go in coffee shops um, and you speak to the barista, like, and you're like, you might have been the only person I spoke to today because like, uh, I don't have any colleagues or anybody like that. So mm -hmm. it's important to have that like social aspect of it. Sure, uh, sure. It's massively important. And I think that's probably going to be the next big problem in the self-employed when everyone goes in this gig economy obviously working for themselves and doing projects versus jobs sure. uh, you know um i think that's going to be the big problem is loneliness yeah because people are going to be getting outside you know making sure their energy levels are consistent across the day so that'll be interesting to see yeah i think that people could really struggle with that i know that that's one of the biggest struggles for me on a daily basis is literally just my mood like just staying mm -hmm. in a really positive and optimistic headspace, uh, being excited about getting things done, about the projects I have that I'm yeah. working on, not not feeling like it's, it's uh, stuff that just, because what can happen for me is I will do these steps and I'll get more and more into a place where I feel like it's, it's just the thing I have to do today. It's not so exciting. And also, if other things come in, if uh, life comes in, I get very yeah. stressed because I'm like, I have to do the thing. I have this is on, it's on yeah. the to do list, right? So me and my wife create things together, and when she comes in with a project, and I I'm busy, I have a full day. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like it's overwhelming, and yeah. uh, and so I I'm learning how to plan that into my day as well. But going back to what you were saying yeah. about going up to a coffee shop, I found that even speaking to the barista is like a mood lifter. Is it the same way yeah, for you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and even like, uh, you know, getting to simple things for, you know, self-employed people is getting to know the butcher, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're vegan, don't, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> but if, you're, if you're like, uh, you know, the hairdressers the, and, and getting a regular sort of routine on the way to work is quite nice anyway because uh, – you avoid um, that sort of isolation uh, mm. aspect of it, definitely. We, as creators who uh, work from home or work, you know, isolated from everyone else or whatever that means for you, is <laughs> it's something that um, where we have to build in social uh, interactions intentionally. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that problem. We have an interesting conundrum as creators where we actually have to decide to put a calendar event down to actually talk to your friends or talk to your wife or what have you because you get so focused on creating. I think it's a good problem to have because it just means you're being very productive and focused in your life and you probably have your priorities somewhat in order. Yeah. Whereas most people, they just live for the desire of... Uh, feeling quick happiness so they're they have a, a thriving yeah. social life and but they don't have a 
thriving, productive life. They're not contributing to the world in a, a special way. And I think that that can be something that slowly tears away at people. It slowly chips away. I think of like when you're, when you're taking a potato peeler and you're just taking away the skin and you're slowly one after another, you don't really, you don't really, uh, feel it at the beginning, but then it starts to get, even though if somebody was taking a potato peeler to my skin, I'd probably feel it pretty quickly being a human, (laughs) but, uh, but it slowly chips away at you and it gets really detrimental. And I think the way that we remedy that is by building routines and habits for ourselves. Yeah. definitely. And, um, and when it comes to the routines and habits that keep you in a place of happiness through the, uh, through the, the, through not getting, not going with the feeling of the wind as we like to do as creators, (laughs) but actually keeping yourself on a consistent track. Uh, what apps have been extremely helpful for you in that creating, creating habits to make sure you, you know, you're washing the dishes and taking a shower and getting to the gym and that sort of thing. Is that all done within, you know, to doist for you or is, are you, cause there's a lot of apps where you yeah, can, this, are specifically built so for tracking habits, right? Yeah. I mean, some people like to, uh, what I used to do maybe about a year ago is I used to have like a task in the morning called like admin tasks. They were like low and I would just add like loads of tasks to the comment, like, you know, make sure this room's nice, make sure that, you know, go through all those sort of stuff. But, um, what I typically recommend for people and what works for me is like just having like a habit tracker, uh, of some kind just to tick them off every day. Cause, um, that could have sort of separates itself from your task manager, which is maybe uh, better for prioritization. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I use Habitify at the moment, but mm. I think it's perfect if somebody wants to, whether they have a journal or they have like a piece of paper that they come to every single morning, mm-hmm. is just to have a list of things to start the day out um, or a list of things that they want to fix around the house at the end of every day, uh, because that's just really valuable. And then just going, not necessarily ticking them off, but just, following them like in the morning i have uh, you know stretches and uh, listen to a podcast and uh, you know read a bit of three book three pages of my book mm-hmm. um but just keeping them pretty simple so that you then like for example i tend to read like six or seven pages of the book <laughs> mm-hmm. but the, the read three pages gets me kicked off uh to, to then make me feel a bit better that i've done it at least mm-hmm. um so yeah having just simple uh I mean, you can do it in Todoist, but I recommend just having a a basic piece of paper or a habit tracker. Sure. And for me, I've found that when it comes to my habits, uh, and I want to differentiate habits in in terms of creative habits and the daily habits that that you have to do for the upkeep of your life and your household and that sort of thing. At least in my mind, it helps to break those things apart. Because creative habits are pretty natural for creators. We're naturally trying to build those habits on a daily basis of making sure we get our projects done on time if we have to, or making sure we're writing to plan a new project or uh, that sort of thing. Uh, Then there's the other side. It's the stuff that you you don't always feel like you want to do. Mm. Uh, it's the go, it's the going to the gym. It's doing things that put you in a disciplined state for the sake of discipline. And for me, it's been helpful to differentiate 
physically or i guess i should say digitally because you're splitting you're taking two different apps use one app for your a lot of the stuff that you're doing that's creative most of your tasks the, the calendar right and then have yeah. another app where you can store all of your routines and habits that's been helpful yeah. for me but to go back on what I'm saying, I've actually been doing some more of my routine stuff within my calendar app, and I just create yeah. a separate calendar altogether, like with because mm. you know you can have multiple different ones. Uh, yeah. Create a separate one for my routine, so I can switch it on and off, and it still feels separate. But one app that I found that was really helpful—I don't know if you've played with this one—is called Do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that app is just a, re- it's basically a repeated task app uh with timers built in which was another thing that was interesting for me you can build as many different timers as you want that way you don't have to use the built-in one and constantly swipe the thing around and pick what time you want uh if you want one for boiling eggs you can set it for 20 minutes if you want one for steeping coffee four minutes you can you know uh and i thought that was really interesting that's a really fun app to play with if you're trying to get yourself on a routine and not rely on your feelings, but have a loving friend of an app to tell you what you have to do today. And that's how I like to view my apps is this is my, this is my caring uh, partner. He's here to help me. I like to do things, right. He's called George. I like to uh, do things that make me feel good, but I need this app to keep me from going down that path to destruction. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think that's like, like, your case there like that's a perfect example like, i think they do like i said at the start this there's, there's a different ingredients and different recipe for everyone um i typically have a task a note taker and a calendar but there are other applications that i use um to to fix general problems like habitify for the task uh, the habits every single uh, morning um and i'm working out how that you know playing around with that at the moment um and then also I've got like Notion, like Notion is a very big app at the moment, but mm-hmm. I use it to organize. I use it almost as a personal project manager uh, because Todoist can't do, they do the actionable stuff very well. Um, Evernote is more of a reference tool, mm-hmm. but Notion is like my organization system. Mm-hmm. It's like a window into uh, my life. If if anybody wanted uh, to go in and see anything that I do, like all the workouts I do, the finance coming up. I shouldn't be saying this because I'm going to get yeah. hacked <laughs> But Just you know, make like, sure that the, the link is not shareable. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, and like the house stuff, you know, uh, mortgage, things like that. It's all in like one app. Uh, it's like a hub. And I don't know where that's going to go, like that, the future of those apps, whether we have this like one app that we wake up to, uh, you know, whether it's like a productivity smart assistant that combines all of our experiences into one um, right, right. and just brings everything together. I don't know where that's going to go, but I can see it's probably on the minds of a lot of uh, software developers uh, over the next five years, at least. <laughs> right. Because it makes total sense that somebody would want to come out with an app that just has almost everything you could need. They're trying to get closer and closer to that. I feel like apps like Todoist and also Things, I think Todoist and Things are very seem to be very similar in their functionality. I would consider them super life management apps where you can have a simple to-do list on these apps. You can have... Uh, you can note take to some degree on these apps, although I think that's where they fall short because the notes tend to be pretty simple and I need to break things up with headers and that sort of thing. 
uh, but and you can have entire projects laid out in these apps, and you'll do fine. You'll be. I think you you can get a lot done from that capacity. I mean, listen, a lot of people get a lot done with a sticky note, right? It's the tried and true method. That's it. Uh, but yeah, these these super apps are becoming more and more super, and I'm interested to see where they go. Um, mm. I do you think that that would be a good thing if that happened, or do you think that mm-hmm. that would be a negative thing? Uh, I think it would be a good thing. But like the one thing that I always try and say to people with productivity apps is. Um, like for me, I've been with Todoist for six or seven years now. I haven't, I've only changed my task manager once Mm. in that time period. And the same with Evernote, um, to some extent, but slight switch over with Notion at the moment. Um, and the thing that I typically recommend to people is every, uh, uh, if you've picked an application that you want to choose, uh, go with that application for three whole months Mm. because you'll learn in those 90 days whether that app is suitable for you. Um, and it means that in that time period, if there's data on one app to the other app, then you can at least transition that across if you're finding in the latter stages of the second month that that app is good for you. Um, mm. And the main reason I recommend that is because people it, – it's an exciting space. Like productivity apps, they're popping up every five minutes I see them every single day and I love some of the designs. There's not a day that goes by that I go, oh, I could move to that app, but it's not effective. <laughs> because I'll drive like- I drive myself insane with that thought process, <laughs> by the way. I could, I think I might want to do that. Oh, but that one's, I don't know if I have the budget for that. Uh, okay, I'm yeah. going to stay here. And then I'll, I'll literally take, what I'll do is I'll download an app. I'll have the app on the first screen like up at the top i know that's where i normally keep yeah. most of my productivity apps is right in the top first four of the of the uh first page and then i'll go to the last page i'll drag it over i'll put it there and then 10 minutes later i'll find myself dragging that app back over putting the old one back and then i because i can't separate myself i have this weird emotional yeah. connection with my apps it's very it's very harmful probably i should go see therapy it <laughs> a productivity app therapist yeah <laughs> that's gonna be a thing but soon it probably will be and and the thing is it i know it's a real problem because a lot of the community that i am um, that are part of the keep productive community have these problems and like i think whereas i'm like a bit more fixed with the applications i continue to recommend that three-month strategy mm-hmm. the best the, the problem is like you said like if there was like a one app that solved every problem, that's great. But imagine if there were 17 options for an all-in-one app. Yeah. Imagine trying to move base every month or every three weeks. It would be so detrimental mm. um, to your productivity. So that's why I recommend the three-month thing because at least you have some form of runway like, for example, you have that timeline of, of 90 days where where you can get stuff done and you are locked into that application. And after those 33 months, you can come back into the other app you're using mm-hmm. um, if it's not suitable. So it I, I find it really valuable if people spend time researching their application, but also making sure it's the right thing for the long term as well. Um, I remember when I chose to Todoist, I said to myself, it was between Todoist and Wunderlist at the time, mm. um, because both were equally uh, getting 
popularity. And I thought, okay, Todoist is a really good solution. I actually was erring on the side of Wunderlist because they had collaborative, um, they had themes and it looked good. Right. But I knew, I knew that after university, I was going to be in the working world. And right. I knew that I needed something a bit more robust than Wunderlist. Mm. And Todoist was that selection. So I, yeah, I think you have to pick sometimes for the medium to long term, like, because then it will save you time when it comes to that decision. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to move from Wunderlist, for example. So that's a bit of the a weird psychology that I have around apps, <laughs> mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Do you think there's any, uh, do you think there's common downfalls for creators around how they use productivity apps? Do you think that they maybe shoot themselves in the foot accidentally without, without realizing it and then they end up in a place that's a little frustrating for them? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, um, particularly creators, tend to find a recommendation for some. Like Things 3 is a really beautiful application, and they've got a 14-day free trial, um, which is great. Um, it gets you started. But uh, a lot of the time, people don't do research around it, and then they invest $49.99 for the I think it's forty nine. Yeah, forty nine dollars mm -hmm. for the Mac app, mm -hmm. nineteen dollars for the th iPad app, and then like, oh, might as well go the whole hog. Ten dollars for the iPhone app. So <laughs> right. that, you know, that's eighty, almost eighty. Yeah, you can't have two and then not the third. Come on. Yeah, I mean, but it's eighty dollars, and then the next month they're like, oh my god, I, I found another application, and they switch to that application. So um, I think creators could save themselves a lot of money if they did a bit more research. <laughs> but then equally i like how uh, you're talking about saving up <laughs> that's so funny i'm like i'm also uh focused on making sure everyone saves money as well <laughs> because that's important for productivity yeah because <laughs> if you find a good application uh and you want to give them money at the same time uh that helps their ecosystem grow so you know mm. it's all good in the long run <laughs> right and also for me the the reason why i would spend more money pretty easily on apps is because I want to support the developers. I really like what they're up to. And yeah. I, I am so happy to see that the ecosystem in the app store right now, and I'm curious if you've observed this as well, that one, it's going to a, a subscription model. I'm seeing a tremendous amount of subscription based apps. And two, the apps are you, you have to pay a good bit of money compared to what you used to have to pay. Like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, all the productivity apps were between one and five dollars. And now you can routinely come across ten dollar apps. And then if you go to the Mac app store, you can routinely come across fifty dollar apps. And I think that's fantastic from the yeah. for the for the developer. They put fifty dollars of work into these apps and they deserve it. Yeah. I think we've become very cheap and very catered to as consumers. And yeah. uh, whenever we see that, we start to go, oh my gosh, it's so, you know, but I'm excited <laughs> that all of culture is, seems to be moving that direction. I think it's a, a, a useful yeah. direction and I am excited to support those developers in that. Me, me too, a hundred percent. For example, Doist, like I'm a real big fan of their development to Doist and Twist, mm -hmm. great applications love giving my money to them every year, mm -hmm. uh, you know, take my money. Um, but I think, I think equally it's like, I do agree with the developers and creators and individuals getting the money that they deserve. Um, but at the same time, 
there's also like wasted money. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if somebody put that money into things three and then just didn't use it like right. forever. So I don't think that's an effective thing. I think uh, I guess it's a bit of essentialism thrown in there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of like making sure that you've uh, you're investing in the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. And you, it's almost like you have to prioritize your life just to buy a to do list app. <laughs> you have to, yeah. you have, Jesus, you have yeah. to decide what's important to you. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's a tough conundrum because you could get by with a sticky note. A lot yeah. of people could. Oh, and yeah. You could get by with a very simple to do list app. Uh, yeah. The question is, what is essential and what is fun and how much should you focus on essential and how much should you focus on fun? But yeah. to to speak to the idea of wanting to support developers, another thing is that you can connect with the developers in a lot of these cases. So, for example, Clear, I have always had a soft spot for Clear. I've just always loved the app. I think it's so beautiful. And they're coming out with, they're developing a new app, completely new yeah. app, which is hugely exciting. And they've been teasing everybody on Twitter about that. Uh, people they've been teasing be, for ages though, haven't they? They've been teasing for ages. Oh, no. I, I, my, <laughs> my guess is what's actually going to happen is they're just never going to release it and they're going to see how long they can tease the people. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, it's, yeah, it's going to be this never-ending thing. Everybody's going to spiral into depression trying to hang on to this hope of a new clear coming out, uh, which would be, that would be an intense uh, experiment, social experiment. But uh, but I'm excited. Like I watch it. I'm like, what is it? I'm always checking it to see if they have a new little, uh, new clear tips video. Cause I'll have this thing like yeah. things you can do in the new clear. And then you get to see a little bit more of it. You get to see 5% more. They're doing a great job at marketing, but they seem to be yeah. people who are passionate about what they're up to. And it's like, I want to, I want to give back to that in a world of everything being, uh, you know, huge companies brick and mortar this sort of thing like i don't have a connection with apple like i have with the development team at clear because yeah it's very approachable it's very um engaged and i want to support these small people mm-hmm. or teams of people who are pouring into helping people be more productive so if you want to throw yeah. your money somewhere i think it is a good idea to throw some of your money at productivity apps be, and, yeah. and also it helps you in the end. But, uh, of course, like you were saying, you have to stay on budget. <laughs> Don't ruin your mm. life buying productivity 100%, apps. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Like you, you don't want to be coming out with too much of a bill, uh, from, you know, doing the research, but right. I, I think it's beautiful. Like, honestly, the, the great thing about running the channel is you can see, or you can help someone make a decision on an app. And then a couple of months later, you can see them on social media or, emailing you saying this app changed my life mm. and uh i appreciate that you connected me with it but these are the features i love these are the features that have enabled me to you know reduce my stress spend more time with my wife spend more time with my kids like that is beautiful the fact that an app a bit of software can help you do that and it is it's amazing hearing these stories so 100 percent of developers should be supported for that because that's a it's a great yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so do you have any other apps that you're particularly excited about right now that you've been playing with? Maybe some miscellaneous stuff? Yeah. Um, good question. Uh, I would say at the moment, like Notion is obviously the, the big fella in the room uh, that definitely deserves uh, a good head nod. Coda is a very similar application, mm-hmm. um, but it sort of 
it's more like Google Docs, so it's more relatable uh, for people. So it's like supercharged Google Docs. Um, uh, I think the email space That's super is, helpful yeah. for people who are not so technically inclined as well. That's fantastic. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what – there's so many like templates on there that you can just get uh, really drawn into, which is good. Uh, and I would say the email space is really yet to uh, find a – like there are so many great paid email solutions, but that space still needs more uh, time put into it. Mm-hmm. So I think I it's use all polymail. Have you used oh, polymail? Yeah. How, yeah. how do you get on with it? Oh, I love it. It's fan. It's yeah. fantastic. It's actually one of the few apps that I haven't switched for months and months and months because it's yeah. <laughs> uh, for one, you can read, you can see if people have read your emails. That's a big thing. Mm. Uh, that's a huge thing for me because I'm sending out a bunch of emails that I want to know if like I'm, I'm sending them to companies, for example, I want to know if they've read them, if they've yeah. interacted with them. Uh, and it's just a beautiful interface, beautiful, um, uh, beautiful icon, which is a huge part of mm. why I pick out an app. Yeah. Uh, it's like buying <laughs> wine for the labels. It's, it's, <laughs> it can be a bad idea it, sometimes maybe, but <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, no, I absolutely love it. It's the best email app I've found so far, but yeah. I haven't been shopping it, for new email apps. There might be other things that have changed the world that yeah. I haven't been a part of yet. Yeah, that's it. There's Newton Mail, which is returned. Uh, Missive is a great one. Um, that's the one I'm using at the moment. Spark, you know, there are so many, but there's almost like, it's a bit like with the majority of productivity apps. Um nobody there's no one or solution because there is still problems with every single one of them mm. like almost all of them even how amazing they are still probably do like 90 90 to 95 percent of the job mm. <laughs> and there are always like these things that you're like i wish it could do that right. and then once that feature is there you're like i wish it could do that right. so it's all <laughs> it's always like an ever-growing problem that you'll have <laughs> are you similar to me in the sense that you've built the perfect to-do la- to-do list app in your head Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'll go to bed at night and I'll just sit down and fantasize about what my to-do list app would look like. And it would be the best to-do list app ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. <laughs> That's actually one of my like long-term goals is to create some software, um, is to either make, you know, some productivity software, um, in the next two or three years or to actually, uh, make training wheels for people yeah. that are preparing to use, um, to-do list apps or note takers because, uh, some of the time, the methods, once they know how to use the method side of it, like if that's blended in a, an application, that would be beautiful because then they can go on to other apps and they're all kitted out already. So some sort of training wheels would be cool mm-hmm. working on it. <laughs> yeah. So what have you learned about getting on a content creation schedule everybody has a different version of this and for some people it's more stringent than others but as a youtube creator and as somebody who uh, loves productivity and productivity apps what have you learned to be helpful about getting on a productivity or i'm sorry a content creation schedule so that you create things consistently and it's not just sort of like i said going with the feeling of the day yeah yeah, good, that's a good question because that's what a lot of like content creators struggle with is like what video can I post? What do I need to be editing? You know, all that sort of timeline. Right. Um, I used to use Trello a lot for that. Um, and I used to have like all of my videos planned in the future. The board would be collaborative so the community could add ideas. Oh, um, wow. To that okay. Board. Yeah, because I that's mean, 
like that's like the good thing with doing the reviews is that people uh, want either reviews on apps or to go deeper with an app. So I need to know what they want. So mm-hmm. um, if you've got a community that need that, then Trello is a good tool for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like planned like a couple of, about a month in advance to see the four videos I was doing a week. Um, and I use Notion now actually, um, but I, I still recommend Trello massively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, you know, it really depends like how, how many videos you do a week. Um, if you're doing like myself, like three to four videos a week, then, um, you know, making sure that you've got a good, you know, script embedded in that application. Uh, if you're using Trello, there's a great description tool, but you can connect it with other apps like Evernote, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I, I get on with Notion quite well as my planner at the moment. <laughs> very good. Very good. And with Notion, can you, um, this is the one hole that I feel like I could pick in it for myself. Uh, can you create reminders within Notion? You can, but they're not as oh. good as like other apps. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, that you can celebrate, but <laughs> it's a slight um, celebration. My hand will only go halfway up. Yay. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yay. It's um, <laughs> it it's good, but like, there are things missing that's not like normal. Uh, it doesn't look like um a normal to do this app would or something like that, but you can, yeah, you can have mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I used it in the past. I absolutely loved it. I loved how it sort of felt very bare bones, but at the same time, very customizable. Yeah. Like it felt, yeah. it feels like you can create your own little world in there. And I love apps you like can. that. You can. And that's like, there's like so much good about notion. Obviously like I've created my home on there basically, you can get carried away like mm. with icons with cover photos with right 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 colored background like it can be endless so mm. uh word of warning <laughs> <laughs> my notion <laughs> it's good but you you can get carried away <laughs> yeah yeah but the you know i think one of the things that helps us be more productive is that you can get carried away in your downtime with organizing because the more organized you can make your app you're creating an infrastructure for yourself to thrive in the future and so it's important to me that i have an app that i think is a lot of fun to spend a lot of time in uh that's why i love theming that's why i love the ability to to change icons the more customizability that you can give me personally and this isn't for everybody but the more customizability you can give me personally the more fun i'm having it's like a game it makes the whole game of life more exciting and uh, so 100%. that's why I think that stuff is important. Hundred percent. And and it's I guess it's a bit like like for example the desk I'm on. Uh, you're spending a lot of time with it, and you know putting nice stuff on it and getting it sort of you know to your liking is important. Like the bedside table, making that very aesthetic and right, however right. you like it is good. So um, it's the same sort of rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many. Uh, we have a group called Notion Made Simple, um, mm. and you see so many. A notion layout in that uh, there's actually a website called notionpages.com mm. that have people's uh, templates or layouts and the ones you find on there are like wow like oh, people must exciting. spend hours on that but it's lovely <laughs> yeah i used to enjoy this app and now there you can find different versions of this uh i'm sorry website on instagram <laughs> everywhere but there was a website called deskography.org i believe or dot Oh, yeah. or, anyway, it was just pictures of people's desk setups, and uh, it was it was pretty addicting. It makes you want to make your desk not look so horrible. Uh, yeah. Also, the de- but the downfall is that 
those desks are there's a there's a fine line to be struck between functionality and and minimalism mm. and uh sometimes when you have to use like right now my desk looks like a tornado because there's a thousand <laughs> cords because I'm recording this thing until this yeah. mic becomes wireless and I don't have to plug a thing into this camera to keep it on for an hour and all of that. It's going to be a bit chaotic, but perhaps it's, you just have to figure out how to return your desk to a nice feng shui whenever you're done with those yeah, intense yeah. periods. But so anyway, I wanted to ask you about your uh, your goals moving forward for your channel and for your content creation. What what do you want to yeah. be up to in the future? Um. Yes. Yeah, good question. Um, keep productive. Uh, I just want to like I used to call it my name just Francesco D'Alessio, and in about the th- end of the third year or end of the second year, I can't remember, I changed it to keep productive because I wanted it to be uh, a curation space for the best apps and resources. And that doesn't just mean me as the host, although I am the host, uh, it means other people as the host. So I I basically want to bring in more and more people um, to help expert, you know, expert opinions on different applications and resources. Um, we're going to plan more virtual conferences so people can uh, attend these uh, events online that allow them to go deeper with apps. Uh, we're going to launch more courses. We're going to continue with the podcast. So hopefully 2019 looks uh, pretty exciting. And the, the, our mission is really to help people to you know, continue to match up with the best software. Fantastic. So should be good. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what you, the last thing I wanted to ask you was what do you hope somebody experiences when they come across your content? What do you hope they take away from it? Uh, I mean, I hope that they can make a decision uh, and a and an informed decision. Um, and I hope that they don't just take away, because obviously we can go to a video, we can learn about an app and we can walk away. Um, but I hope that I can in some way educate people so that when they come to the decision-making another time, that it's more streamlined, uh, they save money on it, they save effort on it. Um, so a bit of education at the same time as uh, helping them select the right tools. That's my goal anyway. I think you do that quite well. I think that you you <laughs> tend to mesh this simple uh, finding a good to-do list app video with the philosophy of being productive. I think that's one thing that makes you very unique. So I think you do a good job at at what you've just illustrated. So you're on the right path, I think. But (laughs) (laughs) but I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Um, Thank you for your time and for your thoughts. I really appreciate it. Uh, It was a lot of fun to geek out about productivity with you a little bit. And thanks um, for having me on. Yeah, appreciate it. It, It was it was a lot of fun. All right, sweet. That is it for this one. I hope you found this conversation as enjoyable as I did. I hope you drew some inspiration towards being productive towards your goals, hopping into apps, getting a bit more integrated with them in a special, romantic even, way. Um, Feel free to check him out below, like I said. He does great work. Have a lovely day. Goodbye.